Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, here live at WGN Radio in beautiful downtown Chicago. We've got ourselves, a, I think, a pretty good show today. I think uh, it's been a little while. I feel like I haven't talked to you folks in quite some time. It's been Northwestern games. It's been White Sox games. It's Hawks games. For some reason, the every season has just sort of come together at once, and yet we, we went straight from summer to winter. There was no fall, which is my favorite season, so I guess it's probably fitting that the, we went this way. Uh, the show is going to be cool. We've got uh, it's a little flipped backwards. Normally we do the the interview first. Uh, we we deep dive there and then we go into the startup showcase. We're going to start with the startup showcase today, and we're going to end with our our very good interview in depth interview with uh, Todd Unger, who is the chief experience officer for the American Medical Association. Super excited to talk to Todd about this. I don't know if all you guys are as excited about this. Feel free to call in. You're always welcome to call into WGN if you if you so desire to to talk. But um, I don't know. There's something about this like modernization of old industries and not to say that the medical association is old. Well, it is old, but like, I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean, it's cool to me to see people who nerd out on going digital the way that I do. And hopefully the way you do, I don't know, maybe not, but that's my feeling on it. The other thing that is really interesting about this show is that we get to talk to really cool founders. In this particular case, uh, we've got the CTO of quarters who's going to be calling in uh, Mike, who is, the co-founder with a 12-year-old. Um, you'd think we'd have the 12-year-old on. I think we're going to do that on the podcast. 12-year-olds, you know, a little different, a little different experience. So having the CTO on and, and learn a little bit of what it's like to co-found a company with a 12-year-old, I think will be interesting. Um, and also what the attraction is. I think cryptocurrency and gaming, to me, are the most logical start. I think it's, it's a super logical pairing. Uh, so we're going to jump into that. But uh, before we do all that stuff... Obviously, we want to hear from you. Uh, we have our podcast now live on Spotify. It's Technory Podcast. Just search for it. It's on Spotify, and it's, of course, everywhere else. If you're on Google or you're on Apple or whatever, it's there. But uh, Spotify is where we're, we're anchoring at. Um, and, of course, you can get us on social media at Technory. Hit me up at Katoon. Follow all your complaints there. Um, and we're starting some new stuff on social media, so you should definitely follow us. If you have questions about startups, questions about investing, questions as a founder, how to do things, um, you put it on Twitter. And I respond on Instagram. See how we did that? You go on Twitter, and then I get you to follow us on Instagram. You follow me on Instagram, I get you on Twitter. That's how I do this. This is our tricks. They're pretty limited. But anyway, if you want if you want answers from us and, and some of the founders and people who come on the show, I, I highly recommend it. Um, so with that said, we are going to take a commercial break, a long commercial break. So go get your, go get your beer refresh or your popcorn or whatever it is you're eating and doing. Uh, and we'll come back with the startup showcase segment where you can invest in startups right alongside of me. Cue it up. Go to republic.co backslash quarters and you will be right where I am as we hear this pitch and maybe invest in some companies and get rich. So with that said, let's kick the commercial. We are back to the startup showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, sitting here in amazing new studio of WGN Radio. It still amazes me. I know it's been a month since I've been here, but it just, every time I sit in here, I'm like, wow, I can't believe, well, I don't get paid for this, but if I did, I can't believe I would have gotten paid for this. Craziness. We are back with the startup showcase portion of the show. I know it seems like that should be the title of the show, but it's a portion of the show. And we've got Mike Weeksner, who's going to be on the show here in about two seconds. Make sure that he's queued up and the phones are good. Yes, he's there. Uh, you guys get the gist of the show. If you've listened to the show many times, you should understand this segment by now, but I will repeat it again because, you know, we get new listeners all the time, make time for them. The idea is this. I invest in startups. Technori recruits and finds startups, which we invest in. One of the ways that we invest in them is through community crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding. You get to own a piece of these companies if you put money in. 
Uh, you can go to republic.co slash register. You can register. You can learn more about what this all means. And then you can go to republic.co slash quarters, which is our next guest, and you can read about the offering that they are making and what is available. And you can own a piece of this company. So let's just say this company goes, I don't know, gets sold to Facebook for a billion dollars. You put 500 bucks in, that's a $30,000 check to you when they exit. That's how this works. So without any more time wasted on the explanation, I want to welcome Michael Weeksner to the show. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, great to be here. I'm with uh, my son and CEO, George. Yes, Hi, George. Hi, George. So you're the 12-year-old, correct? Am I, get the, the, am I right on the age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. How, how how much longer are you? Twelve. Uh, till February twenty third. Uh oh, better get it out because you turn into a teenager, and all of a sudden the interest rates go up immediately. So uh, when I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have some media which says this eleven year old. Well, you know what? That means your stick to because you've still you're still you know running the company after a year, which uh, as you and I'm sure your dad tell you like the. Uh, most companies, most startups are, are gone within a year. So the fact that you've been able to last from 11 to almost a teenager is is longer than most startups. So um, the gist of this is we're going to give you guys uh, about three minutes to make your full-on pitch of the company as if you were listening to or pitching in front of 14,000 investors, which I guess based on the equity crowdfunding game, you pretty much are. Um, but before we do that, I just want to ask you guys real quick. So what is the, you know, how is the dynamic work here? You've got CTO. Uh, am I right in that's father son? Yes, yes. So, so how, how does that yeah, work? I'm, yeah, so I'm more of a visionary um, because I know more about games and I know more of struggle. And I have friends at school who can relate and I can talk to them. And then my dad does more on the business side because he's been an entrepreneur and an investor for years. So he kind of like hires the people and stuff because he has more connections than me and he knows people. Let's elaborate on that, Dad. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's, it's really neat. As a tech investor, you look around for real problems, and uh, I was just struck by the, the, the problem that, that George was facing, and I thought it was a really interesting thing, and we were working on it nights and weekends, and then it, it sort of started to take off. But I, I think George can tell, can tell the story uh, better. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start the clock now because it's about to turn 120. Um, I'm going to start the clock and have uh, George... You get to give three minutes, explain what Quarters is, and here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to be able to explain why it was created, how it works, and what people listening can do to get involved, whether that's invest or it's supported or share it, whatever. So I want a why, I want a how, and I want a what. Ready? Go. Yep. So I was coming home from school one day, and I was frustrated because whenever I quit games, I lost all my coins. At the time, uh, my dad was teaching me about cryptocurrency, so I decided to create quarters so I could use one coin in all my games. What was the second question? Uh, how can people how, get involved? Uh, no, how does it work? How does the whole thing work? So how, uh, does, yeah. how does the process of this company work? Sure. So players buy the quarters. Uh, they use them in the games. They either win the games, so they probably earn coins, or they lose the coins, and then the coins that they lost go to the developers, and then the developers can sell the quarters for Ethereum and then either sell that back to USD or use their Ethereum however they want. Uh, you can get involved by going to pocketsfullquarters.com and you can find all of our information there. Uh, also, sharing it with friends. And t- uh, if you have anyone else who you know who plays games, uh, tell them about it because 
they'll probably relate to the struggle and really um, their, our idea would really help people like that. So I'm going to get into that in a second. Yeah, and Q2 is the investment token, which um, it's pretty. It's a royalty off. It's a royalty token off the sale of quarters. So there's 15 million, and they whenever a quarter sold, 15 percent of the amount of money earned from the quarter sold goes to Q, uh, Q2 contracts, where it's put into the contracts, and then they can distribute it, and it is distributed, and you can take it out whenever you want. Very cool. So I want to ask, um, Mike, if you can answer, or George, it doesn't really matter, um, what is the opportunity to invest? Like, if you could just paint paint a picture for the audience, what, what are they getting? What's the opportunity? Yeah, so as George was talking about, it's these Q2 tokens. So what's neat for the first time with a blockchain, uh, you just the, the funding comes directly from when people buy the quarters, it goes directly to investors in the form of royalties. So you can own your share of all of the revenue that will be generated from this new universal token quarters if you go on Republic and buy and, and, and buy the and buy, and buy the tokens. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to talk about the exact exact terms. Sure, uh, but basically if you if you were to buy, let's say, a million of the fifteen million tokens, you would you would get one percent of all of the sale of quarters. So if $100 were bought of quarters, you get $1. Very cool. Awesome. Which is, I think is a cool opportunity to, uh, this is one of those companies where I like, uh, from the investor standpoint, from the uh, particular equity crowdfunding, um, what I like about it is that you are sort of, this is like the, I don't know if George is old enough to remember the men's Rogaine, Rogaine hair, hair club for men pitch where it's like, not only am I a owner, but I'm also a user. Uh, this is one of those things where you can be a user of it, but also be an owner and, and, and take a, a stake in the, the revenue generation that takes place from day one, which is which is unique, because a lot of the equity crowdfunding things, you've got to sit there and wait for years and years and years for an exit, and this is not that case. So I recommend people go check it out at um, republic.co slash quarters, learn all you can. Um, now I want to dig in a little bit, and both of you guys can, can jump in anywhere you want here. I want to dig in a little bit on, on the actual company, because... I'm I'm a reformed retired gamer. I spent more time than I want to admit on the radio um, on games. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're a PC gamer only or whatever. I was always the 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 hardware guy, so I was on like PS4, PS3, PS2, um, and eventually you know, 360. So I would log in to like Modern Warfare and I would look down at the bottom how many days I've spent on the game, and it would be months that I have logged in to this game. And one of the problems that I would face as a, as a player of that game, but also player of a lot of sports games, so I would play Madden, a lot of the like NHL and baseball. I love games. Madden. I know, right? It's the best. But here's the problem: Do you remember? And I, I haven't played in a while, so maybe it's still this way. Um, they would give you cards, so you could get like Legends cards, and you could. Yeah, trade I know exactly them. what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So like I could trade them, and I'd play with friends, and we would have to basically pretend. They're like, oh, yeah, I've got the Walter Payton card, or I got the Barry Sanders card, and so therefore I'm cooler than you, even though I just crushed this dude. All I got was like a fictitious win. There was no way to like actually beat them and keep any sort of currency or have any sort of like trackable coin. It just didn't work that way. And I'm not suggesting people gamble here, but I'm just saying like competitively, I couldn't really measure other than this like arbitrary, my player's better, rarer card than you. So when I look at what you guys are doing, it's like, oh my God, if when I went back, if I could have played these games and actually been able to say like, these aren't 
fictitious digital points. These are actually coins that I carry with me from game to game to game. You could actually truly assess how much you're dominating all your friends. Is this and, accurate? Yeah, so piggybacking off what you said there. So it's gambling, but it's not gambling because it's just like an in-game currency. So it's valuable because you can use it in more than one game. So it's not like I'm winning and all that I can do the winnings is spend them in the same game. Correct. I can spend them in other games. So I can have a game that I grind on and then bring it in my favorite game, which I usually don't win, but it's more fun. And then it's also a way to value how good you are because you show many you have. Take a strict value that you can see how good you are at gaming in general. Which is really cool in my I, I think so. To me, that's what makes this so cool is that it's a it's a way to, pro, I mean, pro, technically profit because you can use it for other things, um, especially if you convert it into Ethereum and you you go that route, which is really unique to me. And, and I've always well, thought, well, like, well, you as a player, you cannot bring it into Ethereum because then we have money transmitting yep. issues. Only developers can bring it into Ethereum. Yeah. Yes. Because if That's, players yeah, can bring it into Ethereum. Was, yeah, I was talking about the developers on that side. The, the players, it's about being able to accumulate the, the most coins and being able to use it for other stuff and not be stuck in, like, I've got to yeah. buy a card in Madden, but I can't buy a, a new power pack in Modern Warfare. So, like, from that standpoint, I just think it's really cool on that standpoint. But I want to use this as a – we don't have a lot of time. We have, like, two minutes left. But I want to use this as a segue to the next part, which is why I really think that the, the crypto thing, I was a little annoyed at how uh, blown up everything got. I mean, it was good for awareness. But, like, it got so blown out of proportion about this time last year that I thought people lost yeah, sight of I, the application, right? Which you're talking about. So, yeah, so – No, go ahead. For players. So, for players – if I'm just a regular player, I won't even know it's cryptocurrency. I don't even I don't have to know. I don't want to know. I don't really care. So for them, they're putting in money and they're getting coins. These just look exactly like V-Bucks or Madden Cash. They look the exact same. Except on the back end, they're cryptocurrency, which gives us advantages. Because people who do care and they spend a lot of money, they can check on the blockchain to say it's a 50-50 chance of winning if they're winning 90% of the time. It's fake. And you can check transactions. So we have the advantages of making it simple for players and complex and nice and, like, secure and transparent for the, for the people who care about that stuff. So, so we get the best of both worlds. So that was the point I was trying to make, actually, was, like, when you look at, for those of you listening, when you look at blockchain and you look at, like, Ethereum or, or any of these crypto things... It's not, I know all the people out there talking about I'm a holder or a hodler or whatever. It's not about that. It's about the fact that to the exact point that George made about the gaming coin, where I don't have to use my gaming coins within Madden versus within whatever other game I play. Similarly, the currency itself is not stuck to one place. I can use it outside of this game. I don't have to sign into Microsoft, Xbox Live, and then if I'm not on that, I can't use the money. Like it... The cool part about blockchain is, irrespective of this game, you can use it anywhere on anything, and that's the part that that Ethereum in this case is the building block of this. This this, this technology yeah. enables us to be able to do cool stuff like this, which is what I think is so fascinating. There's, there's one more really important point I want to share, yep, which is that with, with the quarters, the price price of quarters does not fluctuate. It's based on the price of Ethereum, so. Hodling the quarters does not make sense because the price stays the same every day. It's 400 quarters for a dollar no matter what, and it's set at that. So 
The only use for quarters is playing them in games, which we think is huge. Because if you have a gaming currency where the price changes, no one's going to use it. Correct. Because the point is to play games, but then why would you use it? Because you can make money off of it. Exactly. No, I, I, I totally get it. I like it. Very cool. It's so cool to see a, a young entrepreneur like yourself who's like super, super jacked about this using like all the terminology. People are listening to this show. They're like, oh my God, did you say grinding on a game? Like, did he just say hodling? What the hell? Amazing. Congratulations on the, on the early success for you. I have no doubt you guys are going to be uh, incredibly successful at whatever you do. But I think this is a, is a very interesting entry point for a lot of investors to look at it and just play the game. So uh, I recommend people go check it out. Uh, lastly, where do people go again to, to find find to actually use the tokens pocketfulofquarters.com with one l or republic.co very cool. slash quarters awesome thank you guys very much have a wonderful day thank you take care guys all right Bye. we are going to kick it to the newsroom right now thank you very much for that the news is sponsored by builder supply outlet and we are down to the final conversation of the show which i'm always excited about normally we do this show uh part of the show at the beginning and this time we're doing it at the end but i've got todd unger he's the chief experience officer for the american medical association so i figure why don't we try out some new tricks with this show we've got a new sound effect which i think todd you will appreciate this more than anyone actually i I did not plan this this was going to happen uh for this show i was going to kind of start changing the shifting the gear right you and your background should appreciate this more than anyone. So we are now going to sign into our show right about now. Ready? He can't hear that sound, maybe, but it, oh, oh, I can hear oh, it. You can hear it just it. brings right. it. It makes me shiver with terror. What what Bob is that modem? Uh, that modem is probably uh, sitting in a recycling bin somewhere. <laughs> we, want, we want to sign into our show from now on doing something more fun. Uh, and I something about the intersection of old digital and online and new digital and everything social and everything media. And then also factoring in that, like, we just had the last guest, we had someone in on blockchain, <clears throat> which I think is like Internet 2.0. I just think that it's time for us to sort of, like, accept that there's the past and we just like all the rest of us need to move forward and if people don't want to jump onto the digital thing i I don't know what yeah we're uh we're totally past why or should and into how that's the most fun right now it is and so like i want to so i want to start off you just give your bio and sort of your background real quick and then we'll talk a little bit more about you know the american medical association and how you factor into this because i i think that people listening out there there's no way that they don't know the american medical association and I think that they would be shocked to know that there's such a person, such a position as you and, and in that company. And I would tell you, for anyone listening, that like any company that does not have this position probably is not going to be around much longer. That's just my guess. So why don't you give us kind of a background on like how you got to this, this point in life, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about how the impact on American Medical and kind of spin the conversation forward into the, the why we just started off by saying, if you don't understand the digital world, then I think bye-bye. Great. Well, I, I started my career in marketing at like at Procter & Gamble. Like uh, every good then, marketer. Like every good marketer. And then I uh, worked uh, here in Chicago at Leo Burnett for seven years after that. So my uh, the foundation of my career is in classic marketing. What was the timeline on that? Uh, so I left advertising, uh, sadly, and it was a long time ago in 1997. Okay. And I left... Uh, for AOL. So that's why that modem 
Uh, really, That's uh, perfect. really is. Like is I said, perfect. I didn't even know. I yes, no my, my my boss told me at the time it was the worst mistake I would ever make in my career was to go to AOL. They had just switched to unlimited pricing, yep. and it was kind of a, a there was trouble. What a stupid um, idea! This I know. Imagine. Uh, so I started my digital career there in 1997 at AOL, working in a startup environment for Digital City, which was one of the kind of major online city guides at that time. And uh, I spent six years at AOL, uh, uh, basically starting in product. So that's how I got my way into digital, became the GM of digital by the time I left, and then went to a series of kind of media companies and startups after that in digital. So Very familiar with this. Cause, so I had a conversation with Steve Case. So oh. that was right to the top of AOL as it goes. And he's on the kind of the tour of the Midwest and trying to find startups. And so in this conversation, he actually talked about how one of the things that he, like when he knew that there was going to be, I'm not going to say demise, that's not the word that I mean to use, but I just used it anyway. When he knew that there was going to be a little bit of trouble when they, when AOL in general, and this was speaking of an entire sect of companies, it wasn't just about AOL. When he saw, and this is like the late 90s, when he saw this turn from like 98 to like 2003, this shift from startup culture and many, many startups within a startup, when he saw that start shifting into like the what eventually became the Time Warner deal and, and this like long standing legacy brand thing, it was like he, he's like, that's what I need. The knew. end of fun. Yeah. He was like, at that point. When fun yeah. came here to die. <laughs> and when that, when that happens, innovation stops. And I personally, I, I just, I mean, I experience this my own, in my own business every day. Um, unfortunately and fortunately it's, it's good because it reminds you of how much work there is to be done and things that opportunities that exist for you to, to recreate but it, it also goes to show that things are only good when people are enjoying what they're doing and that they're 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 excited the innovation stops when people are just like i don't know this is not fun yeah it gets uh people get excited when they start to succeed and it's so easy in digital to like get quick wins. Yep. Uh, and that just creates such a sense of momentum. And if you can actually kind of put out there a vision of where you know, kind of want to be in a year or two or three or whatever it is, people, they'll, they'll get on board. I also, I mean, he, and maybe this is just because I, 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 I'm so like, my mom calls me slipshod. I don't even know what the word means, but like, I'm like, <laughs> it's so, not like, good. I'm just, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I think I've turned it into good though. Cause I, I, what I happen to do is like, I feel like I make, I don't think they're, they're, they're not loosey goosey decisions. They're quick. Mm-hmm. So like I'm only going to allow myself to sit on something long enough to where I feel like a percentage I've I've moved the needle past a certain percentage I feel comfortable with whatever the risk is and I make a quick decision. In the past in in you know when you first started like Leo Burnett and Procter and Gamble if you did that kind of a quick decision on something and put it out in a catalog it's there forever, right? So like you yeah. can't do that. In the digital world the advantage of being a quick decision maker is huge because I can make a mistake and who cares? It doesn't matter. I love I'm that part. I'm going to put it on the internet. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, you know what? Yes, it lives forever, but it doesn't because people's attention spans three seconds. Yeah. And in fact, I encourage people to make really quick decisions because it. the stakes are low. Yeah. You actually want them to try all sorts of new things. And I think that's a key part of like a culture shift is like start testing, uh, start trying things. If it doesn't work, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I found like the whole, like my digital career has been the most humbling part of that is because I can no longer like... I, I'm. I don't think I'm right about anything anymore. Yep. I'm just, but I know how to try and get it out there and see if it's the right direction. My biggest advice to everyone that I, I ever talked to on the startup side, or really in anything, uh, and this is very again dating us both. I think is a very Van Wilder statement, but don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> it, it legit. When I see these people come in and they're like freaking out and they they think they're just the coolest thing ever. They've invented the new plutonium, and it's like, 
No, bro. Yeah. Like I, not. That's like in the old days, like in when I was in advertising, it was just, you know, one person against another in terms of their opinion and, a, you know, creative voice. And did you get a chance voice. to work uh, with Noel Hahn? I did not. Okay, he was uh, he was the guy who was on the Orbitz campaign. Oh, okay. And so it was a mentor when he was at Leo, but I know he was there during that time frame, so I wasn't yeah. sure. If now you can actually cool. just kind of say like, let's try it. Like I don't really care. Let I'll I'll try your idea. Yeah, we'll see if it works. It's great. I I love yeah. it. So let's let's get into the how that philosophy works for an American Medical Association. Yep. And it doesn't even have to be the focus. Doesn't have to be American Medical Association. Although, please by all means plug it so people know. For those like six people out there who are listening that don't know. You can plug American Medical Association, but I think the big value of having you on here is to talk about how that sort of belief system and that um, shaping of your career over that timeline, how that changes things, how that how that is so invaluable to an American Medical Association. That's great. The, uh, the uh, American Medical Association, Association, or the AMA, is it is an amazing organization. It is a powerful ally for physicians and helping them do what they love, which is treating patients and making people better. And so it was a very exciting transition for me. I came from not a very closely related field, which was in horse racing. Believe it or not, I had just kind of completed a digital transformation at the Daily Racing Forum, which is another 100-plus-year-old brand, uh, you know, uh, old media into new. So uh, the chance to come here and uh, help them transform, was, was that's an amazing opportunity. And the great thing is, like you said it up front, which is everybody knows what the AMA is. They may just not know exactly all the great things that we're doing. Yep. And part of that is because we haven't been able to leverage digital platforms uh, to the extent we can to create that audience and engage with physicians and uh, other uh, the public or whoever you you know whoever is the appropriate audience around what we're what we're doing. So that is very. Um, I think it's a very good segue. What I want to do is I want to take a quick commercial break. And I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit more about just your career in general and the impact, because I think what's fascinating about your story versus a lot of the people who come on the show, like, for example, the, the person who was on before you was a 12 year old, right? So like, I'm slightly older, you're slight, just slightly yes. older, but this is the one thing that I notice very frequently with, with people and the guests is they, they think that there's a certain age, which where they have to commit. I gotta be this. I, my only my only experience is in doing this this way, and so now with all this reshifting of things, I'm obsolete. And it's like, no, like you have the opportunity to learn something new, and apply all the things you got to learn from '85 or whatever time you started your first job through 2000, and take that business experience and all those normal natural instincts, which are still just as valuable, and apply them to a different application. And so I think you have a, a unique perspective in this because you've been, particularly in the marketing thing, because you've been where it was all offline. It was all experience yep. and in-person and in-home. And then now it's like on the go, mobile. It's just a totally different world. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And maybe all of you listening can kind of figure out where the, I don't know, the, re, the rebirth is for your careers. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Gatoon. Join me here is Todd Unger, the Chief Experience Officer of the AMA, American Medical Association. We just spent the last 10 or 15 minutes talking about sort of his background and all that jazz uh, and the digital side and sort of, I'm trying not to gush over it because it's like, in my experience, I didn't tell you this, Todd, but in my experience of having a lot of the association folks on, uh, not even that, like big company folks, they come on the show they're like, oh, I can't wait to talk about how big and huge we are and our, our legacy. We've been huge and rich forever. Um, but then when they sit down, we start talking about digital, and they're like dismissive of it. They get off topic. You are a person who literally was brought in for the purpose of this. And your career, to me, 
is what I think everyone you're not being ageist, but everyone your age exactly mm-hmm. should be looking at, which is this really cool transformational time that you can shift and go from, I spent five years of my career learning how to cut my teeth in sales or whatever the case may be. I spent five years of my career learning how to manage the politics of business. I spent another five years learning what like great principles behind marketing are and what people like, what they want. And now I've reinvented myself. I figured out a way to deliver an experience to a customer in a way that is unique and nobody else can do that. And that is the part that I want to talk more about with you. Um, I think you can use the AMA as an example of a backdrop because it is so, um, I don't know what the right word is here. It's, it's just like, how do I deliver an experience, a great experience for the person who would be using the AMA? Like, who who's an, is it doctors who are an association member? How do you create a digital experience for them that is comparable or, in my opinion, probably better than the AMA was 10 years ago? Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll start with your, your kind yeah. of upfront discussion first. It is a place where I feel like my whole career has come together. Uh, it's been in a lot of different places, starting at a place like AOL, where you're in at the ground level trying to like build products. Uh, and so I think for someone like me to understand how product development actually works and yep. how you work with a techn- uh, developer uh, as a partner to build things and then moved into kind of general management, uh, spent like the first part of my digital career in ad-based businesses. So a lot of working with sales and a lot of learning how to package things yep. uh, for a sales audience. I'd say the... Big change for me came, uh, I worked at the Daily Racing Forum, which is a very unlikely place to come from, to the AMA. Yeah. Uh, but for the six years before I came here, uh, as their chief digital officer and CMO, that was the first time I ever worked on a commerce business. We sold digital data subscriptions. We ran a betting platform, and my whole life shifted uh, into acquiring and retaining customers. But on top of that, it was really, who's the target audience? What's the product proposition going to be? Then how do I build that in the digital world to work really well? So it's like everything I'd worked on up to that point came together. And when the AMA was looking for someone to come in and really focus on digital transformation, uh, in addition to focusing on membership, that was really what it was about. They were looking for someone who had been through that transformation before uh, because they really wanted to kind of bring that expertise in and really start to shift the culture toward using digital platforms to communicate and to build that experience. Uh, so I, I want to have you back on yeah. once just to talk about gambling. So we have to do that. Like we just yeah. have to have like, I, I don't know if, if AML will let you do that, but we have to have you come. We'll, we'll blank your name <laughs> I, out. I thought you were going to want to talk about major league gaming, which was like one of the things I, that I did before. So, I know. Yeah, so like so. I wanted, but this is why the podcast <laughs> exists. Yeah. I have people on the live show so I can learn about them and then I stalk them <laughs> and then I come in and have them on the podcast and we spend like 45 minutes just totally nerding out over something that I find fascinating, which a bunch of stops in your career fit that, that build. But the one thing we only have a couple minutes left and the one thing i want to ask you and feel free to to deflect this if you want to but the the one thing i want to ask about this is when a when a group like ama calls you and says we want to do this and you know that your your career is at its absolute nexus point of like i am the person for this job because i know this i know stodgy i know old i know new i know where you're going or where you want to go i know your customers all this i'm right i'm perfect what tends to happen is they get hired in place and then all of a sudden all these little barriers that weren't there five minutes ago start popping up and you're like, you hired me to do something and I can't do it. How has that been? And you don't have to like name names or whatever. Yeah. Like, what is that experience like? Cause I, I, I'm sure that they've been amazing, but at the same time, like there's just no way to avoid change. Like change just comes at a cost. What is it like being sort of that new face coming into an old system and being able to deliver? Like what is that experience like for you? It's pretty exciting. Uh, 
I can't tell you how amazing it's been for the past 20 months and how much we've gotten done. Yeah. Uh, it's a different place. It's a different culture. Uh, people are really excited uh, and uh, they're willing to put the resources behind it and give me an incredibly free hand uh, they, to begin to like, transform it. Was there a it? change yeah. of guard at all? Like, was there a bunch of new people that came in around you or, or is it sort of like a, a good mix of like old and new What's the mix like there? So it's, uh, I would say, the digital aspect of it. Uh, we have been building out that team yeah, uh, pretty but the significantly. Original, the, the people that mm-hmm. put you in place. They, they're, they're, st- uh, they're here. Okay. so Because so. like, this is the part that is so fascinating to me. Is, and this is a lesson. Like I try to end the show always with like one takeaway, one thing that people can take home with them. And in one case, it might be investing in crypto. I don't know. That might be the first <laughs> thing. But, but the... The, the thing that I want to take away here with you is, which I find very interesting, it was a, an observation that was just made now, is that the excitement. So these companies that are going to be doing this, I think when you're looking, whether you're looking to take a job or you're in the job or you're going to go get a new job, if you go there and the people around you, and I don't care if they're new or they've been there 50 years, if they're not excited about the change and the cool opportunities that you're bringing to the table, get out. Yeah. This is a place that... Uh, it. It's got a legacy yep. uh, that is amazing, and to take that seriously means you've got to embrace change. If you want to be around another 150 years, you better believe it's time to time to move. Yeah, we, well, listen, man, we yeah. just talked about this with uh, with all of the old bank buildings along where the Board of Trade was on LaSalle, and how they're now all being occupied by tech companies like Relativity and uh, and G2 Crowd, I think, is over at the Wacker, uh, on Wacker at the the Civic Opera House, but legacy buildings now are occupied by old tech or new tech startups because they know love the legacy brand, mm-hmm. bringing something new. If you're at a company right now that doesn't treat things that way, I think it's a, I just think it's a challenge. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love what you've been able to do there. So I, I appreciate uh, hearing the story and you taking the time to, to spend it with us. And where do people go to follow you? I know you, you, you write a lot and, and all that sort of stuff. Tell me more about uh, where I can learn more from you. So I, uh, I, I'm pretty strong presence on LinkedIn. Uh, my favorite social platform is Instagram. So you can follow me there, but uh, pretty much everywhere you can find me. Very cool. Well, we are going to take a quick commercial break and then, oh, we got, we're going to Dane. All right. What's up, Dane? Are you with us? Dane's not here. I thought you were switching over. My bad. Dane Neal's coming here. It's all good. We take our time. It's no worries. I had no idea. Usually I don't know what little... I'm doing with the show, Dane. This this show gets recreated every single day. Don't worry about it. Dane Neal has finally joined us here. Uh, Usually, though, Scott, you know, I know it's been a couple weeks that uh, it's been like a month, and, and you do have a hand injury, and no doubt some uh, pharmaceuticals that are helping you on the decision making side. But typically, there's a, a tiny break. <laughs> Did you just call me a drug addict? No, 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 no. I'm no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're, just, you're trying to make do. You got to make. Uh, you got to be able to manage the pain. I understand, and it looks painful. Is it broken? Oh, it's a tendon. I yeah, the tendon is the deal but no it's it's everything is good um you know what we're trying to do just we figured we took a month off the show we figured we might as well do a break something yeah well yeah i might as well break something but i figured (laughs) i might as well like switch up the way we do the show so now we've got you coming in right oh you just gotta send me a a post-it note something so i know i like like to see the the shocked look on your face i was like what okay well you know here and think about this when it comes to to painkillers or or things that make you feel good it can either be you know on the medical side it could also be music you like it could be a show and we've got a great show that i hope uh, helps you with the pain coming up uh, later on today, so we've got uh, 
Uh, Joe Coy, if you know Joe yes, Coy. Yes, I one, love Joe Coy. He's one of the top comedians. He is in, he's hysterical. He's in Chicago at Chicago Theater tonight and tomorrow. He'll be with us on the show at 2.30, so looking forward to that. Then uh, Mecham Auto Auctions, uh, Dave Majors, the CEO, is going to be uh, with us as well. We're going to have Dan Marguerite from Backyard Barbecue. So we're going to talk a little barbecue, a little cars, a little comedy, all that on the road. Mecham is who just did the Walter Payton's car. Unbelievable. So Jared Payton, I had talked with Jared about it, and he said that he, it was his dad's uh, Prize it, it possession. Was, it was 1979. It was a 930, 930 Turbo, and it ended up taking home $325,000, so better than what the estimates were, and whoever got it got an amazing car plus a piece of history. Very cool. All right, so we're going to do this right here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Here are the sounds that matters. Uh, the top five at five for the Rogue Con Show with Anna DeVlante this weekday afternoons at 720 WGN. Chicago smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Lindemann Chimney and Fireplace. Here's Eric Rung.